Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. The host for this episode is Patrick Wu. Patrick is a freelance graphic designer, UX designer, and marketing consultant with a background in biotechnology and life sciences commercialization. His career has taken him across a wide range of areas, from sales and marketing, government advocacy, ecosystem development, and now design. Since 2016, he has since been an active member of the Rainforest community, advocating for technology innovation and life sciences in Alberta. Now I'm going to pass the microphone over to Patrick, as he has an interview with Lewis Behrman. Take it away, Patrick. Thanks, Al. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Rainforest uh, Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast. Uh, my name is Patrick and with me today is Louis Barabin. He is one of the founders, is that correct, of the Calgary UX Meetup? Uh, no, no, no. I, I took over in some of the direction around 2019. But oh, uh, wow. yeah, the, the, the Meetup has been around for almost 10 years. Actually, November 3rd, we are celebrating our first decade of, of, of existence. And uh, yeah, let's say I, I just took over from a large uh, lineage of design leaders and thought people that wanted to, to make Calgary UX uh, an ongoing thing. So yeah, it's, it's an ongoing thing for 10 years. So it's only, it's only been two years for you and you already made like a very big name for yourself. I think you, you are like the face of the Calgary UX meetup group. And there's a lot of people in the community who you think know, know you at this wow. point. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, certainly. I, I don't, I don't think uh, I should be the face. You know, I think uh, we, if we have to have a face, I think it should be a collective or at least somebody with a much better face. But uh, if uh, there is a, a, a need to, to attach a name to, to the community, I'm fine with it. But really, the, the idea is to make it uh, something that allows people to, to step in, to make a project, to build creative spaces, and, and to move on, right? They don't need to stay too long, but just good enough to make an app. Yeah, great. Well, I mean, we've, we've already kind of gotten into that a little bit. So how did you get involved with the Calgary UX thing? Or maybe let's go back a little bit. Like, how did you get into design? Where, where like, you know, what were you like as a kid? How did, how did you get to where you are today <laughs> that's that's almost 40 years back you know so, so it's it's yeah let's say it's flashback uh, well the honest truth is that i always felt like a designer you know and uh, in mexico yeah we have a huge uh, history of, of creative uh, endeavors and trying to be very very artistic in many ways at the same time we don't have a, a design culture to to really uh, grasp on. So for me, it was uh, mostly trying to understand this impulse of building something and trying to, to, to put together some toys or some ideas or some drawings and then finding that, uh, yeah, that's called design. And uh, yeah, it takes, uh, it took me a couple of uh, decades to really figure out what actually designer does. But uh, really, the, the incentives and the ideas were always there. Did you did you go to school for design then, or yes, 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 yes. I, in that sense, uh, yeah, I went to a, well, the university is called ITESO, which is uh, in Guadalajara, my my hometown, 
And uh, yeah, I spent uh, five years in, in university just trying to, to learn how to be a designer. It's, uh, it's a very interesting uh, curricula because you can be, you have to learn graphic design, industrial design. And at that time, when we were uh, just uh, discovering what exactly the web is, you know, it was the uh, beginning of the 2000s. Uh, it was more about multimedia, right? So we were talking about either designing pages in Flash or trying to understand basic HTML and, and trying to see how do you create a, a website in your city. So it's been a long time and we have been there, uh, let's say, in that space for also a longer time. But what can I say? You know, if you have a, the, the impression of how you want to be a designer at the end, the technology comes and you adapt to it, right? So it doesn't matter if you have to do graphic design or industrial design or, or UX in this case. It's, it's crazy to think kind of what what the internet was like kind of back in the early 2000s, late 90s, like the wild west of the internet back then, like definitely Flash, for example, even just that name alone was like, man, we haven't heard about Flash in like ages, my goodness. But how, how, how much, in your opinion, do you think the internet's kind of evolved since those days? Wow, hmm, that's a good question, because in many ways it has evolved and also has devolved. So what I, I at the beginning thought that the internet was a way to connect people, right? That's a way to, to, to talk to a stranger and trying to figure out where, where this person is, you know, and who they are and trying to, to get into conversations that we never figured out before, you know? So... It was the time of having a Yahoo chat. I don't know if you ever heard or seen about it, but... Uh, I, I remember like MSN and AOL, but I guess Yahoo had their own thing back then, you know? <laughs> kind of like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so in that sense, there were not many opportunities to, to be on your own sphere or to, to have your own community and just talk to some particular set of people. It was more like a, a access to everybody at the same time and just trying to see what's going on. And now things are much more regulated. Certainly uh, things have evolved uh, up to a point where it's really hard to mind that uh, life without internet existed before. But at the same time, it's also very easy to, to, to just to talk to a particular set of people or go to a, just a, a, a very niche set of interfaces and experiences and, and live there. So that's where I feel like we have been through a very interesting journey but at the same time, we have missed some things down the road. Right. Yeah. Well, since after graduating, then where did you where did you end up going? Well, I, I spent some time in, in Mexico, saving some money to go to Barcelona. I I always wanted to to live and work there. That was my my dream since I was uh, twelve years old. And uh, yeah, the the original idea is uh, or was to to get the master's degree in product development. At that time, I was dreaming about. Uh, making physical products, you know, just uh, like uh, strollers or, or uh, crutches or, uh, yeah, any, anything that had a, a, a industrial design component. I was super excited about it. Uh, once I finished my master's degree, I, I worked uh, for a little while over there. And that's when I had the opportunity to start working at an agency and uh, discover there was that there was something uh, much more uh, relevant happening at the time it was my introduction to user experience. And I had the chance to start working for the, the e-commerce side of Panasonic. And yeah, it was, it was a very formative experience because it was really crazy how you can make a change and suddenly 8,000 people will be able to, to, to see that. Right now, 8,000 doesn't sound like much, right? 
But for me, just the idea of, hey, if you design a product, uh, yeah, you have to wait six months until all the molds and all the material gets done. And if you're lucky, maybe 20 people are going to buy it and they're going to like it. And maybe it's going to get a, a potential commercial success. And uh, yeah, if you made a mistake, well, <laughs> too bad, right? You cannot fix it. And uh, I'm very prone to mistakes. So I really, <laughs> I really appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's a human thing, right? Everyone's prone to mistakes. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, in that case, I'm more human than others, you know? <laughs> but really what I wanted was, was to be able to, to, to connect with as many people as possible. And uh, yeah, so having having a platform like a e-commerce site where you can just kind of see right away how an improvement happens and also uh, how that actually uh, helps the bottom line of the business. Wow, that's that's just magic. That, that was incredible. So, so you went from like an interest in physical product design and you kind of went into e-commerce. Do you, do you miss in product design? Would you like to try and like do a project back then? Or? Um, well, actually, it's funny because nowadays everything is circling back, right? Now you have Internet of Things. So basically, it's kind of like a, your, your products are, are just gaining a soul, you know, made out of uh, code and, and uh, artificial intelligence and sensors. And yeah, it's, it's, I think the, the next step for, for UX is, is being much more involved either into the physical side of the experience or getting into the virtual side that emulates a kind of like a, a full immersion into, into other physical environments that we cannot really access. So you can see that it's, it's the, the, the tools and capabilities that you can learn from one experience, either industrial design and graphic design, are never really left behind, right? It's just, they're just waiting for that. It just kind of becomes like this all-encompassing thing of design at that point, right? Yeah, or, or maybe uh, having multiple branches that uh, just subdivides into other branches. And it's just unpredictable, right? But it's beautiful. It's very true. Like even, even with what I'm working on right now, it turns out even though I've been, like my primary project was working on a software product, it, it's integrated with a whole bunch of hardware. It's integrated with a whole bunch of physical devices that people are using. And you kind of have to think about what does that whole experience look like outside and beyond the app? What do people do with these products physically? And it all becomes like this full vertical thing, which I guess makes sense why our um, UX department is actually rolled into sales and product development, because in the end, it's all very much tied to the product development lifecycle as well. So what what are you up to these days? So like if it's not manage, not just managing the Calgary UX meetup, but then like what, what would you be doing otherwise? Wow. Yeah. So I, I keep myself quite busy, but uh, let's say my full-time job right now is at the Enbridge Innovation Lab. And uh, yeah, there is quite a lot of, of work that is related to internal things, sensor, artificial intelligence. I'm not working uh, on the side of, of virtual reality, but there, there is a group of, of, of people and teammates that are working on that side. Let's say they are, they are proposing quite a lot of interesting things. Enbridge is an oil and gas company, right? Yeah, exactly. So what, what are what are they doing on, on virtual reality and and that kind of side of innovation then? I cannot really say too much on that side. Yeah, because obviously there is a bigger thing. And also some of the, the solutions that are produced are meant only for, for the company. So the company certainly is that big that 
allows a, a part of the company to produce their own solutions that other part of the company will adopt. And that's, I, I think, one of the, the, the most interesting, interesting things that caught my attention because most of the time uh, you don't get to have a captive audience, right? You don't get to, to see who is going to be your, your or decide who is going to be your user. But in this case, we have much more control on that. So that made it really interesting. Well, I mean, may- maybe then the better question to ask is not specifically within Enbridge, but like, do you find that our oil and gas sector is actually taking advantage, like pr- design aspect of things and integrating them into their products and services? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, I think actually I've seen quite a lot of really great companies and solutions that have come out since maybe, what was that, 2012? Yeah, so whenever you see a, a sort of a crisis happening on the oil and gas industry, there's also a, a kind of like a counterbalance of either a group of people that are trying to use technology to improve efficiencies or a, a kind of like a, the market adjusts itself to match the, the, the particular circumstance. So let's say from the first crisis that I remember, because I have been here for 12 years, so <laughs> we have a couple of them going on. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that's uh, yeah. like 10 years ago now, almost. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's say, uh, yeah, for, for there's always the opportunity for processes to improve, right? And um, sometimes you involve a kind of like assisting on a crisis or uh, performing some particular actions or... Uh, trying to be on, on places and uh, circumstances that are normally quite dangerous. And I guess also you can see that in your, in your own work, right? Like uh, there are many places, especially in, in Canada, where if you stay more than half hour, you are going to die because certainly it's either very cold or the, the environment is potentially hazardous, right? So if there's any, anything that allows people to avoid those spaces, there is a chance for technology to, to assist in that sense. So let's let's talk a little bit about the Calgary UX meetup group then. So what like you you already kind of alluded to it, but like what drew your attention to this? What so you you know a little bit about what happened before. Do you know kind of how it was started like ten years ago, you said? I don't know. I don't know. And this is a, a, a maybe something I need to do. You know, I need to make a, 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 an event where I, I, I gather all the uh, original uh, foundational elements and I'm trying to see, I'm trying to piece together the, the history of, of this group for such a long time. Uh, certainly, uh, I've been a member since I think it was 2014 or 16. But at the same time, one of the biggest challenges I had was that uh, Quite a lot of the, 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 the events and meetup were physical and were downtown. So for me, uh, to, to actually get there on time, that meant either leaving work earlier because I was working in the Northeast or trying to plan my day around it. And that was very hard for me. So it just was one of the classic ones that I just signed up and I was just looking at the events that I, that I just missed. I'm going to make it a personal homework, you know, just trying to, to piece out that, that, that history and try to find a way to record it and, and pass it on. So it really feels like it, it belongs and it's a part of a, a much more complete uh, context. So how, how did you eventually get roped into being coming like the main organizer of, of the Calgary UX meetup events then? Well, I, I think, yeah, that's, a, that's a, a, a good question. I think it was just a set of coincidences. Uh, I think it was around 2018 
when I got a, a email, I think it was from Jason Dorn at the time, and he was just asking for, for us to complete a form if you wanted to be a collaborator, you know? And I just filled up and forgot about it. You know, just a classic thing that's just like, hey, yeah, I would love to collaborate. I would love, I, I would love to volunteer. And I, I just really uh, put it on the back of my head and, and nothing happened until it was 2019. And then it was, a, yeah, I, 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 I was contacted again. It's like, hey, yeah, we're, we're thinking about passing the, passing the, the baton to another, to another team. We want to make a, a completely new, a leadership team, and I was invited there. And at the beginning, we were we were a bit more members. And yeah, then COVID happened. And what can I say? You know, things get got complicated for other other team members, and it's completely understandable, right? Like uh, the, it was a, a completely out of the circumstance. We were going to switch things uh, quite radically, and uh, also. Uh, it's been a challenging time for for everybody on the mental physical and professional side. So it's, yeah, some of us couldn't continue and I just stick around until maybe another people come and, and I just pass on the, the, the baton. 2019 must have been an interesting time because you didn't really have a lot of time before suddenly 2020 hit and then everything that came along with 2020, right? And do you do you find that, like, I guess the, maybe the size of the group? Because now, like, when you, when you started going from physical events to virtual events, because everyone had to go to virtual, you know, I've been noticing that there's a lot more people kind of coming from outside of Calgary and outside of Canada, like, just joining in on a lot of our meetup groups. Have you, have you kind of seen that? we've been getting a lot of growth in this meetup group then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's been crazy. When, when I started, we were 900 uh, members. Now we are around 2,200. I, I keep tabs of where everybody's coming, you know, based on, on meetup information. So, so let's say it's publicly available. I'm not, uh, I'm not clicking on anybody's information. But for me, it's really relevant because it really tells me one, uh, what kind of audiences are we attracting? Also, uh, what kind of connections or partnerships we need to start with, uh, working with, you know? So in this case, for example, working with a, a similar group from, you know, from Edmonton makes a lot of sense, right? Like we need to work together as a province. And uh, what has happened also in the very recent years is that we have been very recent years, <laughs> very recent uh, months, oh, feel, feel like years, you know. But yeah, we have been attracting quite a lot of people from uh, Toronto, from Vancouver, and from San Francisco. And I don't know exactly uh, what are the, the, the key reasons why they are looking at us, you know. But at the same time, uh, it's very interesting that this places that uh, normally have a much more mature set of companies and practices and uh, a, 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 a better market for UX, they want to look at us and they want to connect. That's really interesting. Yeah. So well, in, like, what's your hypothesis then? Or like, why do you think there's so much interest from these well, you know, cities that we would otherwise assume to have much more mature tech or like innovation ecosystems than? That's, that's a really good question. It's really hard to, to point out uh, yet because part of that could be maybe because uh, of the accessibility of the, the events. We try to, to actually welcome everybody, right? I, I, you can hear me saying at the beginning of the, every event, hey, this is Calgary UX, but if you're not coming from Calgary, you're welcome anyways. And we really mean it, you know, we need everybody from everywhere. 
but at the same time, I think some of the, the, the external circumstances that are happening allows us to start thinking outside our city. So either uh, people from Toronto there are considering to, to move to Calgary because obviously the, the housing market is, is way cheaper, or they have a, maybe a, a different set of opportunities that they, they cannot really find in Toronto. Or they just were actually originally from Calgary, but they, they moved to Toronto and now they are seeing some activity and they want to come back because obviously the many families still here or the roots are, are stronger than maybe some other uh, inclinations or some other uh, connections that they have uh, built over the years in, in that city. So I, I still not completely 100% sure because it's still, it's, it's really hard to, to, to kind of like piece together the information, but uh, I, I have really good guests. Well, I mean, it's, I imagine it's a lot harder for you to just go straight up to these people. It's like, so why are you here, even though we told you you're allowed to be here, right? And it's a harder question to just kind of throw at people, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at the same time, uh, what can I say? You know, I, while some of like that happens, I get to see some people from this Slack channel just mentioning that, you know, like, hey, I'm, I'm from Calgary uh, or I'm from Toronto and I want to, to, to see what's going on here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not, not just like North America. Like I'm from Brazil. I am from Spain. I am from like all these other places just around the world that, like, you know, I, I distinctly remember there's a couple of events where people are like tuning in from Israel at 2.30 a.m. their time. It's, it's crazy to see how many people are willing to come to these events. And, you know, the Calgary UX meetup does run a whole bunch of different events. So I remember seeing events for like, how do you use the software more appropriately? How do you do design systems? How do you find a job? What do you think, like, have you kind of taken a look to see kind of like which types of events are people more interested in? Or are they all just generally very well attended? That's a, yeah, I can see a pattern when it comes about Adobe sponsored uh, workshops. We have a huge response. And uh, yeah, Adobe as a brand and also uh, the, the, the speakers are very well positioned. So they're really, really great. So yeah, let's say those ones, I know that they're going to be a hit. Also anything that is related to career development works very well. And yeah, I think uh, it, even though those numbers are normally really fantastic, I think uh, sometimes it's really important to to pacing in, in a way that uh, allows for other conversations. And also, uh, yeah, having a particular sense of when some conversations need to happen. One, one, one thing that was happening at the beginning of the year is that, well, when we had this, uh, yeah, we, we had this combination of things. The, the winter was ending, which normally is, is the season for winter blues. And also COVID was rampant and uh, the economy wasn't really fantastic. So yeah, I, I was noticing quite a lot of desperation and some sad faces around around the community, right? So in that sense, there wasn't to start talking about uh, the future, start talking about uh, why we need to, to be involved or why we need to connect because we needed to, 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 to make a to focus a bit more on, on hope and uh, on creativity and trying to, to get us out of those 
let's say thoughts that somehow we're circulating building community to support each other right during during really tough times which i think you've been doing a really really good job with with that recently the calgary ux meetup has also joined platform calgary is that correct and now that the platform innovation center is done mostly mostly done at this point, what's in what's in store for the future for the meetup? That's a, a wow. Yeah, let's say if you asked that question uh, two months ago, I was going to tell you, yeah, we were going to, to meet in person. Uh, platform is going to be our next uh, big place where we are going to be able to to all gather and uh, create these sort of spaces where where we are going to randomly meet with. Uh, with different uh, uh, communities and uh, potentially get a, a stronger uh, sort of relationships. But uh, yeah, obviously, uh, yeah, COVID is still around. Uh, and uh, yeah, we needed to, to reassess that plan. The plan is still the same. But uh, when that's going to happen, I think uh, maybe, well, <laughs> I, uh, whenever I think of a date, uh, it sounds more like I'm guessing, right? But uh, yeah, the, the, the idea is the same, you know, being part of a community, a platform is being an amazing partner and uh, just trying to, to assist and support on whatever they are doing and uh, yeah, bring people together. Well, I mean, I think I fun. think if people are still finding the the meetups and the events and the topics that you discuss really valuable each time, then why not keep doing it, right? And then when we do have the ability to come meet up in person, that'll be a different dynamic because obviously when you're meeting in person, now you have to figure out kind of what about all these other people who are outside of Calgary who might not be able to make it, and then how do you ensure that that's all accessible still? Yeah, that was. There were a couple of ideas that I bounced with uh, some some community members, and uh, yeah, certainly the, the possibility of having a, a mixed media event, you know, part physical, part virtual, uh, is is very attractive. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or imagine, for example, let's say you make a, a, a in-person workshop, and at the end you make a virtual presentation of what happened with that workshop. So that will allow us to, to start thinking about very clearly about how to involve people from different places. How do we manage resources and, and uh, technology to, to really uh, achieve all the circumstances that we were not used to? But at the same time, it implies some more planning. It implies some more training because uh, as soon as we change the, the, the script, people potentially could get lost. So we will need to find more more community ambassadors, or more uh, catalysts that will allow us to, to connect and, and keep people in the loop. But yeah, for, for us, we're just waiting for, for, for the rest of the, the province and the, the world to, to, <laughs> to be on the same page and to be, be healthy, right? There's a, I mean, I think for a lot of people who are looking to get into user experience design or design in general, I think the, the meetup is a great resource to do it. What, what kind of advice do you, do you have for people who are saying, like, I'm interested in learning more about UX or I'm interested in pivoting my job into UX? Any, any kind of advice from either like the events that you've like hosted or just from your own personal experience? Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, normally that's an answer that that's a question that I answer pretty much every given day. You know, like uh, there is quite a lot of people that reach either from from Calgary UX or I'm also a mentor at ADP and also a, I do some mentorship at Design Lab. And uh, 
I think the, the most important part uh, is to understand what kind of experience do you want, you know? Because quite a lot of people have the, the intuition that they can be great designers and they are creative and they are very talented and they are very smart and they can come from different backgrounds, it doesn't matter. But I think uh, it is very important to, to do a bit of research on what do you think they are going to get out of being a UX designer? Because it's a tough job, you know? Like not all the time you are going to be able to create beautiful experiences UI interfaces can be challenging. You have to convince a lot of people all the time. And uh, yeah, you have to either find alignment or sometimes deal with uh, the circumstances that maybe investing on, on UX is not going to be possible at the time. And uh, it's sometimes frustrating. And the thing is that most people do not really get to feel that once they, until they are getting into, <laughs> into the profession. And I want to let them know that, yes, it's a wonderful profession. You will love it. I'm sure that uh, if you have an intention to make a, a, the world a better place, this is going to be the profession for you. But at the same time, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be challenging and it's going to rely much more on your capabilities to to influence people, even if you don't have a, a, a leadership role or a well-structured a sort of uh, authority, then let's say how good you are at working at, on, on Adobe XD or Figma. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't realize it until I kind of started doing this work, how much UX actually is not even working with the software team that much, but you're working with the sales product team a lot more and it's it's all stakeholder engagement first and foremost and then you get you go into your like figma or your xd art boards and try to like figure things out but before then it's actually a remarkable amount of planning and it's a lot of thinking and sometimes there are just days where my brain is just completely fried i don't know about you <laughs> <laughs> well actually yeah normally fridays fridays that's when when my my brain is toasted so I guess we should have this conversation on a Monday instead of Friday. Today is Friday. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So normally uh, Saturday, I just spend it, you know, lay down and completely deflated. And then on, on Sundays, I, I, I start taking a more of a physical shape again. But yeah, um, at the same time, we need more designers, right? So I'm not going to scare away too many people. I'm just going to try to let them know that... Uh, the, the challenges out there, it is such a wonderful profession and has so many opportunities to, to, to be explored that we still haven't really imagined. So if they're coming from any other background or they're any, they have any inclination, this is still valid. We just need to find a, a marketplace for that or a company that's looking for this kind of profile. Yeah, and I think I think having more design maturity is definitely a lot of th like something that I think a lot of companies can really benefit from just having and, and even though I think a lot of people still think of design as like, you know, logos and graphics and websites and stuff like that. I think design is that bigger thinking, thinking, brainstorming, strategic, almost organization, organizational strategy type thing that you need to, to put together sometimes. And I think that is where a lot of um, our companies, even within Calgary, would benefit a lot from people who are passionate and interested in design and are able to kind of come in with that, with that skill. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I think uh, 
one of the biggest challenges that, that the city has is to take full advantage of the opportunities we have. You know, like uh, there are many companies that uh, have great technology, but they still haven't figured out how to commercialize it or how to make it more user-friendly or more available for a bigger audience because they they are very well at building things, but not very well at, uh, but not, they are not great at explaining it or making it uh, accessible for, for a larger set of... So I think this is the, the pain that we can start working on. And also another challenge that we have is that um, certainly designers need to start thinking as entrepreneurs, as investors, as stakeholders, and either becoming or taking a role like that or uh, being able to, to empathize and being able to understand what do they need and what they react in the way they react. Because sometimes, yeah, we, we are really focused on, on trying to push our ideas. But uh, yeah, if they are not really, uh, if there is not a common ground to, to actually allow these ideas to, to work, uh, we are not going to have a really good time trying to, to get uh, traction on, on those projects, right? So yeah, it is, it is a bit challenging because those are the kind of things that they don't teach you at school. And it's not until you start seeing that your projects are failing time over time, once you start asking yourself, well, why I'm not getting by in? Why not? Uh, why this idea is not really holding any, any sort of water? Yeah, no, it, it's, a, it's almost like a little bit more business school stuff could be snuck into design school every so often, right? Well, the last couple of questions I want to ask you, first off, what's been like the most challenging thing about what you're doing? What do you just not like? It could be something trivial, like, you know, do you not like getting the amount of emails? It's Is it just like something trivial like that? Or what's been really challenging for you? Wow, that's a good question. And this is something that you need to consider if you want to stay in design for a really long time. I've been, I've been doing design for 20 years. So I, I, there's going to be a point where I, I will need to make a decision of what's going to be my, my next, uh, what what kind of experience I'm looking for the next 20 years. And uh, at some point, those are going to come as a revelation or more as a, as a set of options that I would take for my own life or for the life of my family. But I think right now the, the biggest complexity that a designer needs to face once they are reaching out some some maturity, how to see current problems that we have been working for years and how to see them in a, in a very fresh way, how to adopt a, a beginner's mind. And especially once you're facing some frustration, how not becoming cynical about it, you know? And it's very easy to, to, to make a parody of somebody else's needs or somebody else's issues, but it's really hard to, to, to be able to distinguish the kind of feelings or negative feelings that you can be feeling at that particular moment and not piling them up with all the, all the experiences that are in a similar way accumulating from, from the past, right? So all the time that the client said, make the logo bigger. And you're like, if I make it bigger, it's going to be the whole size of the mobile phone. But what can you say, you know? These are the circumstances that, yeah, you have to breathe in, breathe out, and just trying to see how you reaccommodate the, the logic so you get a, a positive outcome. But uh, yeah, after you do that for a while, it starts digging in some, some 
it starts eroding some some uh, processes in the mind, right? So it's more about how do you remain in this space without really losing a, a sense of humanity at some point. Great. And, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who will be interested in, in chatting with you and then coming to check out some stuff. So hopefully for the rest of our listeners, they we will see some of the matter next uh, Calgary UX meetup. I'm, I'm so grateful that we got a chance to talk today. So thank you so much for your time. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode is brought to you by Community Now Magazine. Engage, inspire, educate together. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>